Hey everyone, and welcome to the Central Church Podcast. While we're in lockdown, we've put together some short reflections and spiritual practices to help get us through. We hope that during this time, these podcasts find you well and help you to connect with God. Well, here I am this afternoon sitting with Linda Taylor Evans on Zoom, and we're just going to have a little chat together about the idea of purpose, um, because that's something that Linda's just been um, thinking about in lockdown, and she shared that with me. And I thought, why not, you know, have a conversation together and then share it with you all. So I'm going to throw things across to Linda, and she's going to share some of her thoughts with us, and then we might pick back up and and have some conversation after that. So, Linda, hello. Hello. <laughs> you ready to go? You ready to share some thoughts? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Um, right. Here it goes. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, okay, um, a few months ago, maybe two months ago, I um, was talking with Caro and I was sharing with her about um, how the word purpose had come, in, come up for me during um, some spiritual direction that I'd been having. Um, I suppose I want to lay down a little bit of history before I go any further and and that will fill in some gaps about why I think God, because it is a God thing, that he has actually um, brought this up for me. Um, For a lot of you, um, you know that there's been two major events happened for me in the last 18 months, which one was my experience of going to the UK and wanting to... um, live in community full time and that not happening for me and me having to come back because COVID-19 happened. And then um, I was back here and um, did some work around home and what home meant for me. And then following that within months of that, probably in even a month of that or at working itself, I actually ended up with a health issue, which really has knocked me around, had knocked me around a fair bit. And one of the things that I kept saying when I was um, going through that period, which actually ended up being 12 months, I've worked it out this morning, it's 12 months since I actually forgot that first pain in my groin and ended up having a fractured femur, et cetera. Um, my, My mantra during that time was I'm not the same person anymore. I don't know whether you remember that, Carolyn. Um, and I'd say it to a lot of people that I didn't feel like I was the same person anymore and I wasn't quite sure um, what that was about. And um, sorry, getting a bit here. Um, anyway, of course, out of that came for me a leaning into God more and um, to discover um, what that meant for me um, and where that was going to take me and so I decided to pick up on spiritual direction again I already had some appointments booked before I went into hospital and so I just picked those up again and that's one of the um, things I've been doing and the other thing was I did the Peter Innes course uh, the biblical course and so that spoke to me as well and I'm also doing the wisdom school with um, the Centre for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico, 
with Cynthia Burgett, I think her name is. I can never pronounce her name. But anyway, um, she uh, this is those three things I have realised have been um, have been pivotal in moving me into this place about discovering purpose and what that means for me at this point in my life. I'm actually 70 in a few weeks' time and one would imagine that everything was sorted for me in my life and that I would know my purpose and thank God God doesn't leave us where we are because there's a new purpose coming and it's exciting. <laughs> um, it was during a session with Sue, my spiritual director, that the word purpose came up for me. And uh, it had connotations that were quite negative simply because um, I didn't see it coming. I had no idea that that was something I was going to be addressing. And I hadn't heard the word for many years. Um, and, of course, the last time I'd heard the word purpose was in a sermon in church. Uh, and I'm sure you're all squirming in your seats by now because um, – you know, you would remember if you've been in church for a long time, the sermons around our giftings and our purpose and where we're living it and where we're doing the things that were, um, you know, outworking our skills that God had given us and we'd all be rushing off saying what can we do for church and what is it that we can do? We want to use our skills and be in that God-given purpose. And... Um, yeah, that's that was a bit freaky for me because I, th I really realised that I hadn't heard the sermon on purpose and that, that I felt like that's what I desperately needed to hear. And this is what I was sharing with Carolyn, actually, on this day, was saying, what happened to our purpose sermons? Um, and I we had a giggle about it. I had a giggle anyway, quite a big laugh about it, actually, because I thought, if you belong to Central, there's nothing to do. So there's not a lot to do. So why, why discover your purpose or why emphasise purpose? Because we'd have all these people sitting in front of us saying, I'm here, <laughs> I've got my purpose and I know what my gifts are, what can I do with them? And that's another story and that's another, there's reasons behind that. But it was interesting, um, this desire to again hear uh, a sermon on purpose. Um, so what did I do with it? Well, you know, I had to examine my own and go on my own journey. Um, I didn't have to sit and listen to anyone um, about what it meant for me now in this time and this season for me. Um, and um, one of the things Sue did send me was a um, some uh, article on purpose and giftings, uh, all the usual stuff. I'd seen it all before. But what it did for me was just re help me to re-emphasise and have a look and talk with God about what gifts and desires and values that I have now in my life that I would like to use in service um, to, um, to use for, you know, the community. And, um, I suppose uh, what's happening now for me is there's a real shifting and a digging particularly with the wisdom school, I'm finding that that is an amazing teaching for me at this time in my life about going deeper. What does it really mean? Giving me a new, deeper knowledge on what it means to serve 
from a spirit in a spiritual context and to live in a loving service to God and to others. And it's um, it's come back around to that whole um, action and contemplation for me, which has been wonderful. And um, I'm still working it out and God's working it out with me. I have spoken to Sue and we've talked about um, and I have, I'm not going to say some ideas of where that's going to take me yet because it's still unfolding. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I loved what, um, I loved when you were talking about garden, you and Oren, um, uh, in both of the previous podcasts. And it made me think about, I sat in my garden, I suppose, with God during this time. And I wanted to share um, a bit about my garden to finish, if that's okay. I'm just interrupting Linda here for a little bit, just to explain. She's about to describe what it is like for her to be in her garden with God. And when we were doing the interview, at first I thought she was talking literally, like actually the garden in her backyard. And then as things moved along, I realised that she was reflecting on the previous podcast I'd led about the interior garden, about our soul as an interior garden, as a place where we meet God. So that's what she's explaining in this next little bit. I just thought it might make a little bit more sense if I popped in and explained it. I realised that my garden's old and a well-established garden, very established in fact, and it has lots of beautiful um big trees that are very big broad trees with lots of branches that cover have lots of cover and shade under and um, that was good um, and that was a lot of color in my garden there's bright reds purples mauves deep greens burnt oranges yellows rich deep blues mixed with whites and then whites and creams that are soft and mellow and there's a mixture of scents the sharp ones, deep, fragrant ones, subtle on the breeze scents that just pass your nostrils and they're gone. And, of course, depending on which way the wind blows, there's the smell of manure. <laughs> always, always there. Um, and it's decomposing um, blood and bone, chock poo and other dead matter. Um and my compost is full of dark, crawly creatures. <laughs> has fat worms in it, along as skinny worms. Wichity grubs, centipedes and slaters abound. And I was sitting there just placing myself in this garden and I noticed that Jesus is the gardener. And uh, he's forever walking in my garden. He ambles and he sits only works, and oft times alone, <laughs> but I'm always aware of his presence. And, um, you know, I join him daily, mostly daily, sometimes not for days, <laughs> but I try and do it daily. I join him, even if it's only for a short time, to sit and to just be with and contemplate. So he's building a new flower bed or a new bed in the garden and I'm keen to help him and join in the building of this and, and um, there's going to be a thriving new season and it's exciting. Um, 
And I just thank him for that. You know, it's been a journey. It seems like it's been a long journey. It's been painful, but I can just feel this um, excitement rising in me. I'm learning new things. I'm learning very deep things, and I'm trusting that God's going to just just bring them to fruition and that my life's going to be different and change and that, you know, I'm glad I'm in Central because I can share that. I can go ahead and do that without, with encouragement and with love. And, um, yeah, I just hope that I'll continue to work my purpose out in this community with everybody that I love and that loves me. That's it. That's so so lovely to hear you share all of that, Linda. I think I, I can really, yeah, you really get the sense that God is doing something good and yeah. deep in your life. And, um, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know, I'll ask you a few questions and, and see if you can answer them. And Because uh, when you first told me about that God was working in your hard about purpose and we kind of reminisce together about those old purpose sermons that we used to have and yeah. they really got me thinking and and that's been good for me but well how if you were to do you have a sense of what you know rather than the specifics of what you feel like God has for you in this next particular season do you have a sense in you about what your overall purpose in life is like you Linda yeah, um, I've always, um, uh, I, I'm a number nine on the Enneagram and a, a number nine people are good at loving. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like uh, it's been easy for me to love. And um, I think that was my purpose. I know it sounds a bit airy-fairy, but, yeah, to be loving towards people and to offer myself, I suppose, in that and I've always worked with people and um, I've always, um, yeah, just been um, available and um, and I can be specific because God's reminding me that I have a, a, an ability to love and to laugh and a wealth of wisdom mm. and those are the things that he's going to use to bring about my new purpose, those three things. So, yes, I, I'm quite quite tangible, yeah. exciting. That's, that's really good. Um, do, do you think if I asked you that question 40 years ago, so when you were 30, around 30 years old, do you think you would have answered it differently? Uh, that's a good question. Um, um, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't have had the wisdom I have now, which obvious is obvious because of the years of life experience I've had, and um, and have gathered. Um, but certainly the loving, yes, and um, the wanting to be um, out there with working with people, and if um, thirty. Um, what else did I just say? Loving and <laughs> laughter. Ah, oh, yes, definitely. I would have said my sense of humour was a gift that I, yes, I would have said that because that's what's kept me going and I've enjoyed having that part of me. 
Mm, God-given laughter, being able to be humorous about the saddest of things and the hardest of things. Yeah, which you can do. It's a real gift. Yeah, Yeah. I I was just thinking about the ways that, you know, when we think about purpose that perhaps they do shift and change over the years. I mean, I'm I'm only 42, so I, I don't have as many years as you, but I would say that if I was thinking back to, you know, ideas of purpose and calling and what am I here for, like back when I was 20, I would feel very differently. I did feel very differently about those sorts of questions and wrestling than I do today. Like something has changed in me. And I wonder if that will continue to change and evolve and grow as I do as well. And if that's just a part of what it means to be human is that we I don't know, we grow and we change and we- I, think so. I think so. I think so. I mean, I've known you for years and I know that there are some things that you are doing now that you would have done back in your 20s and that you would have loved and that you had the ability and the skill and God-given gifts to do and you were doing them. But now they've kind of morphed, haven't they, into just this, the basics yeah, stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know whether you see that, but yeah. there is still some basic stuff there for you. Yeah, that, that would probably be true. Because I think yeah. in essence, like so much of what we're here, if you have a if you have a worldview or a framework that says, you know, we're we're here to glorify God and we're here to enjoy this good earth, but we're also here to be, you know, reflections of God somehow in this world, and that along with that comes a sense of calling or purpose or a unique thing for us to do in our sphere of existence, um, then the way that you're born and who you are and your personality and your giftings and your capabilities, you've got that for your whole life, don't you? That just, yeah. if you pay attention to it and if you grow and if you learn, that that just becomes richer and more... Yeah. Yeah, I think rich is a great word. I think um, I have certainly um, have ex- have now experienced. I now experience a richer, a deeper, mm. um, um, a deeper knowledge and a deeper use, I suppose, or something. And I'm quite sure what I'm saying, but there's a depth there with the laughter and the wisdom and the love. That it's just like it's much deeper. Much, much deeper. Don't know how to explain it. Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. And life's not so busy as it was when I was 30. <laughs> now you've got children and I can sit in that place more and hold those places and be more aware of where where I can um, be with those skills because I've got time now, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's a definite change that happens over time, yeah. just like your availability yeah. for different things. Well, I'm, I might share some thoughts, Linda, because, yeah, you really did get me thinking about, you know, yeah, because you're right. Like if I, I mean, not that I've done this, but if I was to scan back over all the sermons I've preached in the last 11 years of leading Central, I don't really think there's been epic sermons on purpose and and yet, to be honest, I would say that I consider myself someone who's driven quite deeply by meaning and 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 
yeah, m- meaning is probably a good word for it more than calling. Um, but just that I actually do live my life out of a deep sense of meaning that the things I do in life, I want to matter the way I love. I want to matter the way I serve God. I want to matter. And so it just got me thinking like, why? What? Yeah, what's happened? And I maybe I just realized that in all the changing and shifting that I've done, maybe that we've done as a church over the years, that there's been perhaps a little bit of throwing the baby out with the bathwater as we, you know, kind of reevaluated some of the unhelpful things from our collective histories, but we missed some of the gold. Because um, mm. I, I was reflecting like, so I, I, you know, was thinking about this and I was like, okay, so I, I was a teenager in the, the 90s and a young adult in the early 2000s. And I think culturally in Christianity, that was this kind of season of real like bigness and largeness. And it kind of was really reflected in some of the songs that we sang. Like, and they were really formative songs for me as as a teenager and as a young adult. You know, those, you know, history maker, delirious is history maker. I want to be a history maker in this world. You know, like this, yeah. this idea of like changing history. Yeah. And, you know, and then I remember like that song we used to sing um, ask of me and I'll give the nations to you. Oh, Lord, that's the cry of my heart. You know that one we used to yeah. sing that in church. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, probably sang that to the, on the top of my lungs with the best of them. And there was just these larger-than-life kind of like songs. And then if you add to that the, the messages that I received at youth conferences and young adult camps and at church, it was always about what is the great thing that you are going to do for God? It was always this grandiose idea that there's a God's got a plan for your life, a plan and a purpose for your future. It's magnificent. It's wonderful. It can shake the nations. You know, if you got a prophecy, it was never a small prophecy. It was always like a prophecy about the world or the nations or you're going to change this or shake the city or transform that. It was always massive. Big. <laughs> it was always big. And... And I realised, you know, we were we were going to claim the world for God. That was like, you know, this is what we were going to do. And then so I grew up and I kind of just existed in this, this world. And in some ways it was really healthy because it, it got me, I think that was part of what sparked my imagination for the kingdom of God. It's what made my heart sing for what God's church could be like. It's what made me realise that, you know, some things in life do matter more than others. Like there is, there was a trickle-down effect that I think has really grounded some very healthy and good things in my life. And yet in other ways it also did a bit of damage, that message, because mm-hmm. it didn't take me long to realise that I did not have the capacity to transform a city or shake a nation That's or right. history. Yeah. I and in fact, I realize more and more I'm a bit of an introvert, and that whole idea is a bit too much for me. And then, I, you know, I you reflect on this whole like huge congregations of people singing, "Ask of me, and I'll give the nations to you." Oh Lord, that's the cry of my heart. We're singing at the top of our lungs on a Sunday morning. Well, we go home and we can't even love our families well, let alone inherit the nations. And of course, that's just a line from a psalm that's actually related to Jesus, the Messiah, not, you know, individual. Not <laughs> Caro or Linda. Like, <laughs> but that's not the way we took it. And I, 
And I realized that probably a lot of that stuff just actually tapped into my ego. And it actually set me up to think that the only credible and good things to do for God are big, noticeable, and applauded. And yet, the reality of my life, all of my life, most of my life, is that everything I do for God is mostly hidden, unseen, uncelebrated, and small. And I, I felt, I felt largely that the message we were given back in the day was that anything small was small-minded and was almost evil. Like you, you had to think big. You had to like drink big, you had to give all of yourself on the altar of the Lord. And that really, when it translated, meant be busy every day in the church for Jesus. Like it didn't actually translate to <laughs> serving your community yeah. or your neighbour or joining that that club or that charity over there to give of yourself in the community. What it really meant was be busy here in this church, building our church bigger for God. And, you know, that was something we really began to deconstruct and undo like 15 yeah. years ago when we started to ask the questions yes. of like, what does it mean to be a people whose primary existence is not wrapped up inside the church but is actually spent outwards from the church in the community? Like we started asking those questions and it began and then it, alongside all of that, the whole idea of purpose began to shift from What's your calling? What's your gifting? What's your purpose in order to build up the church? Because basically we wanted people to be on the music team, on the kids' church roster, on the welcoming roster, on the kitchen roster, in a small group. Like we wanted we wanted everyone busy in to help our machine tick over. So we needed everyone to feel like they were called and gifted in order to do that because otherwise, well, I don't know. But then we started to dismantle some of that and to to ask people what it would look like for them to, to be called just outwards to the world or to their community or just in their ordinary everyday life. And so there's been some big shifts for me over the years, like where I've realised that actually rather than doing something grand for God, it, rather than feeling the need to be called and have a purpose for the nations or for the platform or for any big thing, I realised that, Actually, God just wants me to do small things faithfully with deep love. That's what my purpose is. And then also I guess some of my thinking has changed from how do we get more people to find their purpose in the church um, to be how do we help people realise how they're a gift to the world beyond the church and how they just being themselves and doing what they're what makes them come alive and what they feel good at in their workplaces or their communities or their sporting teams or their in their hobby groups, actually that is just as valid as singing on the music team or leading a small group. And so our church went through that whole shift and, and even though I've remained, I suppose you could say, working within the framework of the church, um, I didn't really know what to do with the message of purpose if I didn't then have jobs to give people to do inside the church. It was a big fear <laughs> about people coming and saying, what can I do? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and, uh, I, can I just respond to a couple of things you've said, Carolyn? Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things you said was um, 
that you haven't preached on purpose and um, and good reason why, because it doesn't fit the same anymore. Mm. It's a different. We've got a different jigsaw puzzle, I suppose, or something. The piece piece didn't fit as it was. It's taken on a new shape, and um, I think um, one of the things that we've done. Um, beautifully in church and you know how I feel I love our church dearly is to teach people that everything we do has to come out of the love of Jesus Mm. that has to be our first and foremost purpose yeah and I think that you have um or you know we have as a church um promoted Jesus in that sense that your roots and uh, you have to go down deep, Mm. and out of that place comes purpose. Mm. And it's a gentle purpose. It's a kind purpose. It's a loving purpose. It's a a forgiving purpose. It's all of those really beautiful, rich um, parts that make the whole and um, I think that that's what we've spent the last 15 years doing. It's a slow journey. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was thinking about early this morning when I was um, online was um, we're a slow church because it is a slow journey and we always need to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. And that if we're going to walk with people, then we have to learn to walk slow. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's an exercise I've done with people in the past um, where I've made them stand in a line and said, we're going to the other side of the room as slowly as possible, mm. as slowly as you can. People find it very difficult to move slowly yeah. um, and so externally and also internally, and I think that's what we've kind of made a ma- uh, uh, something that we've kind of grasped very early in our path and that we've, you've, you know, you have and uh, the leaders of the church have encouraged slow slowness mm. and silence and um, those are the goal. That's the gold. That's mm. where the gold lies. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too we've we've become far more organic in our expression of, of church and I guess what I mean by that yeah. is we, we no longer have all of those structures within which it's easy to just jump in and do something like there are some but no. we need we always need people to help yeah. our kids church we could do with a few extra musos if you ever want to come and weed the garden come and weed the garden like there are things to do um it's like in a household yes. I suppose I see it so much more like a house you know there's always things to definitely do. family yeah Chores, there's always, you know, mess to pick up. There's always something to sweep and something to weed and something to cook. And I see dust. <laughs> dust, so much more like that. And rather than people having a specific roster where it's like, well, I only I only sweep the front porch every fifth Sunday and so I'm going to do that and tick my box for God, we've created a bit more of a loose structure where, well, if you want to, come early and help set up the chairs, that would be so welcome. But maybe we're not going to roster you on to do that. Or, you know, it's been far more, or, and I guess maybe too, what we've wanted to do, and this was something Fred always used to say to us, wasn't it? It was like, we're going to lower the bar on church and we're going to raise the bar on discipleship. 
Yes. So in lowering the bar on church, what we've what we've created, and I, I acknowledge that it's difficult for some more than others, and sometimes it is frustrating even for me to, because it's not structured and ordered, and I like that sometimes. But we've created this community where rather than having a specific role within the community, the invitation is simply to belong and to love and almost the the responsibility is on each one of us to be hospitable, to reach out, to be generous, to lay down our time and our resources for one another out of love and, you know, seeing a need and meeting it rather than having a structure that people fit in to tick a box for. Mm. I think I think so too. I, I I like it. I like the whole idea that you're saying about uh, the organic thing. It's definitely we've done that. And um, it's a bit of a funny word, isn't it, organic? I sometimes think, what does that really mean where we're concerned as a community? Mm. But, you know, if you one thing I know that we can do is if you put the call out, if you put the call out for things to be done, people will come. Mm. We've learned that, you know, and maybe a bit of encouragement or a phone call is needed here and there, but people are willing because they because of the love, because yeah. they love. Yeah. And I think that's more important than anything else that we've done. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So I do, I do recognise, actually, you've really helped me, Linda, to think about the ways in which maybe I've thrown the baby out with the bathwater a little bit, like that with some of the hangover from the past of grandiosity, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've flicked the other way a bit too much where I've just, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really honestly talked about the fact that I genuinely believe that each one of us is a gift from God to this world, to one another, that we have unique callings and purposes and that they actually probably, and I think this is some, one of the things that, um, that wasn't communicated that well to me back in the day. It was almost just like you're going to have this one great calling from God. But maybe I've come to realise that the truth is for most of us, we probably have two or three or four unique different callings, like contained within this one body of ours. Like I think I'm called at this moment to, to, to gather our church together and to lead us, but I'm also called to be a mother to my children and I'm also called to be a good neighbour and a good friend and I'm also, you know, called, like there's different callings that I have that are kind of multi-layered and I also think I needed to hear when I was younger that callings come in seasons, like that Hmm. it's not that and I even, I don't even know, like, yeah, like that they just come in seasons. Like that that you might do something for a certain period of time, but if you stop doing it, it doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that that season came to an end and there's a new thing at some point around around the corner. It might be very different. Um it just yeah, that that like things might be multi-layered, like that you might yeah, that just might yeah, there's just that calling, the idea of calling and purpose is so much more multifaceted and multicolored and beautiful and flexible and ongoing than maybe what I thought when I was younger. 
that I was just going to have this one great calling from God and to be faithful to that and then get to the end and say, well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> you know, like that was just like. Um, and we've learned to be flexible with people and we've learned to um, acknowledge and honour where people are at in their life. It's an important skill and it's an important um, um, gift that so there's a community we're able to do yeah. together for people. People come in uh, to our church new. We don't know them. They, or sometimes we find that they've had bad experiences in church. They need to restart the journey. They need to discover new things about God and themselves. That's great. You know, they're the seekers and the searchers. They're the ones that need the encouragement. They need people that can just walk with them. And we've we've got to that place now. We're at that place. We've healed our own bits and pieces that went on for us when we deconstructed you know we're at a place now where we can do that really well and um and I think that's wonderful I think that's God's blessing on us yeah yeah well um maybe to finish up Linda um would you if for people who are listening what I would be interested Maybe you, maybe you could come up with one or two questions and maybe I'll think of one or two questions. So I could <laughs> ask yourself, like when it comes to the idea of purpose, what am I to do? What What is the good thing I'm I'm called to do for God? What does obedience look like? What Who am I? Like all those questions. Like what are, what are a couple of good questions people could maybe ask themselves to just go a little bit deeper into what is their purpose right now in life? I think um, I think probably to to continue on the journey. Um, where are you at with knowing yourself? Where are you at with that? What are you doing about that? Because to know thyself is to know mm. what God's called you to do. So are you still pressing in? Are you still desiring to grow and to change, to sit with God and ask those kinds of questions about yourself and to be totally honest? You might not be feeling it at all. You might just want to be left alone, and that's okay too. Mm. But to know thyself, to sit and examine, do an examine of where you're at with your life at the moment as far as purpose and what you're doing I think that would be a good question for people to sit and a good ex- a good exercise for people to do. And maybe to do that with another person too and to ask people to give feedback yeah. um, about where they're going. Um, what else? There's always the very practical thing too. If you think you want, you know, you've grown like you were talking about when you were 20 and, asking me about when I'm 30 and you might be in a new stage of life at the moment and be floundering and thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. God's got new things for me. Well, you know, there's practical things like the the paperwork I got from Sue, my um, spiritual director that gave me questions about, you know, my um, giftings and um, different quotes and things to look at, finding your uh, core listening to God, I've got heaps of them, we've got insights into vocational living, you know, mm. do some research, get some paperwork, talk to people about um, 
what is it that you going to make your heart sing again? Mm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think I would, um, I would encourage people to think about like, what are the things that you just love to do, or that you just do really naturally and easily. Um, what are the things that make you feel like you come alive? And then how could you do that in a way that blesses other people? Mm, definitely. Um, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, being musical is a is an easy example, but like, you know, if you're musical and you love playing music and in your spare time you just love to play music, well, why not play music for and with other people? And yes. if you want to do that in church, come and talk to me. But it's yeah. little things too, like if you love running or if you love baking or if you love sailing boats, like why not invite a few other people to do that with you because your love and enthusiasm for that thing will rub off in relationship to other people and it's a generous act of love like I've yes I think I've come to realize just how much it's just important to do life together and yeah. you know if you love baking bake and keep some for yourself and drop someone drop some to someone else with a note that just says thinking of you like that changes someone's day that that changes my day when I get something like that you know if you just thinking of those things that we do naturally like I've had different wrestles in my time over, you know, over my calling, my vocation. You know a lot of this, Linda. Like it's a struggle to be a church leader. I don't yeah. find it easy. Yeah. I, it's, not, it's not easy for me to be a pastor. And there, there's been some times I've come really close to, to wanting to, to quit because it's just been hard. And, and then I just I do remember this one pivotal moment when I was in a really bad way um with this a couple of years ago and I was it was um it was a weekend and I was shopping at Warrawong shops and I was walking out of Warrawong shops with a trolley full of groceries and walking ahead of me was um a a, a shop assistant in her uniform from I don't know from Aldi or from Coles or from, from something and see in my mind, she was living my fantasy life. Like here, I here I am meeting at church. It feels too much. It's overwhelming, and uh, and and then here's this this checkout chick who's walking ahead of me. And my fantasy life is always to be a checkout chick, like just you know, beep, 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 to, anyway. And so I'm pushing my trolley of groceries, and this checkout chick's walking ahead of me, and I'm think, and I'm having this just mental conversation with God, like God, like. She, I want her life. Like she, she's living the life I want. I, I'm tired of this. I want, you know, like, just, oh, can I change my purpose? Yeah. And <laughs> I was just pushing along, and I, after a little while, I, I had this realization that I realized, even if I was her, if I was living her life, I know that I would get home from my nine to five checkout chip, chick job, and I would sit and pick up my books on spirituality, and I would read. And I underline, and then I'd want to tell people what I learned and what I read. And I just had this epiphany. You could call it an epiphany in the underground car park at the shops in Warrawong that actually what's deepest within me is to somehow learn about God and enter yeah. his ways and then invite other people to do the same thing. And then I thought, 
I could be a checkout chip and do that in my spare time or I could actually get paid for doing that, which is what my current life is. And I just realised. You start praising God. (laughs) And so I think for me just that realisation of what is deepest within me. Like, and for some people that's justice. For some people that's um, community development. For some people... For Luke, that's cycling <laughs> and, how, <laughs> and how he does that with other people in a way that blesses the community of cyclists that he's with and being in relationship and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. For others, it's music. Like there's always there's something that I believe God has deposited deep within each one of us that is meant to overflow out of our lives in blessing to the world. And yeah. somehow in that I think we find our purpose even if the specifics of what we do changes over time. Yes, yes. And when I, think about, when I think about you, Linda, I think, yeah, your, your ability to sit with people and to listen and to ask really good questions and mm. to draw what people are thinking and feeling and then hand it back to them is a gift to the world. And every time you do that for one of us, it it's life-changing. I've got your little drawings and notes in my journals and in my diaries and you've you've helped me. And I, you know, like it's that, that kind of thing that we just do naturally for one another, yes. love and friendship yes. and hospitality and generosity that just makes all the difference. And Yeah, very rich. It's very rich. Very it's rich. Mm. It's the richest part of the garden. It is. <laughs> Yeah, and I just think, you know, my heart would be that every person who calls Central Church their home would find a way to be a gift to our church, not because they're on a roster, but because they've discovered what it is that makes them come alive and then they're sharing that in hospitality with everybody else. Or one or two. Even beyond the church. And beyond the church too. That they're they're actual that their actual lives become richer in every area, yeah. that they're, they're, they're um, giving of themselves outreaches every area of their lives yeah. and brings them such joy. Yes. It's the joy yeah. that you uh, inherit from doing that stuff. It's just beautiful, God's joy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's so good, Linda. It's lovely to chat with you today. <laughs> you too. <laughs> been great yeah okay all right see you everyone all right darling